The reading is from Philemon, verses 1 to 7. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Arthea, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Uh, Let's pray together just before we get into the word. Father God, we thank you for uh, your love to us. We thank you for your ultimate sacrifice in sending your son uh, for us, that we might receive uh, forgiveness and freedom and experience peace. Lord, we pray that you would help us this morning to focus on what you would say to us. Uh, Help me to forget myself and to only focus on your word and what you would say to us this morning. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would powerfully change us, would work in us, that we might love you and live for you in a more dramatic way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to start really with a, a question to you this morning. Would you say that you love all people as you should? I suppose the desire is there, isn't it? The desire to love all people is there. But often it doesn't really match up with our reality, with what we do. I mean, life can be quite hard. It can be a difficult struggle to love all people. If you've done any uh, travel recently in the London area, maybe London Underground, you'll see that there are many signs up. And some of these signs say, be kind or be patient. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, that the state has to tell us to be kind to people. It's quite radically, I would say, strange that the state has to say to us to be kind. But then as well, if you're, if you're in schools, maybe, maybe you're a child in a school and there's the five British values, of which one of those is mutual respect. And I suppose these are good values to be able to be respectful. But again, the challenge of what we should do and what we actually do are often two different things. I think sometimes uh, that challenge is lived out perhaps in the home life. I mean, statistically speaking, with with uh, lockdown, uh, domestic violence has gone up dramatically. Those people who are called to love one another, those people who are in relationships or in marriages, called to love one another, and yet they don't. They don't love other people as they should. And never mind other people. What about us? What about you and I? Often we are called... Well, we're called to love all people, aren't we? And yet, there's often a gap between what we say and what we do. Really, the question this morning is, well, what does God have to say about that? As we think about the passage this morning, uh, a personal thanks in Philemon, we'll see the answer to that. Uh, We're beginning a series this morning, a, a small series called The Forgotten Little Letters. 
If you're wondering where Philemon is in your Bible, it's just before the book of Hebrews. Um, because often it can be quite forgotten, much like Second and Third John as well. Not often preached on and not often mentioned, but there are real nuggets to mine out of them. And so we'll see, we'll see what they are in the in the books in the small le- little letters. We'll see that there's big themes of love, forgiveness, and truth in these letters. Specifically in the in the book of uh, in the letter to the, to Philemon. There's two big themes that jump up. Um, in the first part, as we're looking at this morning, it is one of love. And in the second part, from verse 8 onwards to the end, it's about uh, forgiveness and reconciliation. So the first part is, is love, and the second part, forgiveness and reconciliation. We'll be looking at the first part this morning from verse 1 to 7. Just to give you some of the context of the book of, of the letter to Philemon, written in it's AD 60, 61, and Paul is writing to Philemon who is in uh, Colossae. Uh, he's in Colossae and Paul is sending uh, Tychius uh, with Onesimus, good names, to uh, Colossae and in the region of Laodicea as well that they uh, might bring this letter to Philemon. Onesimus is going along with Tychius because Onesimus is a runaway slave. As you look later in the letter, verse 18, he's run away and he's possibly stolen something as well. He's possibly stolen something from Philemon. So not only is he a slave, but he's also a thief. And in both cases, the punishment for that is death. And so therefore... Onesimus is terrified about returning. And the reason he wants to return is because he is converted. He comes to Christ. We see that in verse 10 later in the passage, that he comes to Christ under the teaching of Paul. And so he seeks refuge from Paul um, as he seeks to be reconciled to Philemon. And he seeks to be reconciled. Paul really compels Philemon to receive him, not because of his authority as an apostle. You see at the very beginning of the letter, He doesn't appeal to him himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. No, he says he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And he also says in verse 9, he compels, he speaks to him because of love. Because of love. Not because he can just use his power, but because he wants to show love to him. And so really that is the tone of the letter. Love and encouragement. Thanksgiving, love and encouragement. We see actually at the beginning there when he speaks to Philemon in verse in verse one he speaks of him as a as a dear friend or beloved you could say as well he's a dear friend and then the other people mentioned Aphia and Archippus Aphia is thought to be the wife of Philemon and Archippus so they meet in the home of Philemon obviously because they're part of the family and that is the church there in Colossae. And the real purpose of the letter, the real purpose of the the beginning and the introduction is really a thanksgiving praise to really encourage Philemon for what he's doing. And in the same way that Paul is giving thanks to what Philemon is doing and is encouraged by it, so we can do the very same. And we can encourage others as we seek to love all God's people understand what we share as God's people and refresh the hearts of God's people. 
So as we firstly think about loving all God's people, in verse 4 and 5, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, Philemon, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. It really is a a moment where he thanks God. He doesn't just thank Philemon, but he thanks God as he remembers him in his prayers. It is a personal thanks, a real personal thanks, not just to the, the church in general. He does give thanks to the church, but he specifically nominates Philemon. And gives him a personal thanks. It makes me think today of, of remembering Sunday as you go to the, to the, the place where you're able to, to remember those people here in the village. You see the names, you see the names on, on the stone. Each person who has given their life. And it is a personal thing. It's not just general people, but each person, each soldier who sacrificed for us. And we can thank God for each person that has done that. In the same way that Paul thanks God for Philemon in the way that he is loving all God's people. And it is interesting there in verse 5, he speaks of love and faith in that order. So it's not just as in other letters he speaks about their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. No, he compels them and says, I, your love in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love of God for all his people. And that really is something, isn't it? To love all of his people. Not just some, but all. And that's the challenge that, that Philemon displays and is a huge encouragement to Paul because of his immense love to all people. Even the difficult people. Even those that he finds perhaps challenging as is, will be, will be demonstrated later in the, in the letter with Onesimus. So Paul is commending Philemon for his love of all people, whether they are introverts, extroverts, whether they are very logical, very emotional, it doesn't matter. Philemon loves all God's people, and Paul gives thanks to God for that. He praises him for that. And so in the same way, we should be pursuing that in our lives too. And secondly, he he looks to to understand what we share as God's people. Paul praises Philemon for the fact that he is growing in that. And it says in verse 6, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. It really is the element of deepening an understanding that, that learning about Christ, that learning about God, that study, theological study, shouldn't be dry, dusty, dead doctrine, but it should lead to life. It should lead to flourishing. It's interesting, just in the past few weeks uh, with some of the trainees and a few others, on a Friday morning we've been looking at um, a, a theology book together and talking through that. And each time when we come to pray at the end, there will be a question of how has this study led you to worship God more? Because really good theology should lead us to worship. Deeper understanding shouldn't just be left on the shelf, but it should affect our hearts and how we worship God far more. And that really is what good, true theology should do. It shouldn't just remain in our minds but be changing our hearts that we might understand what we share as God's people. 
That truly is the peace there that he's speaking about. He's encouraged with Philemon with the fact that he shares He understands what we share for the sake of Christ. In one of Paul's other letters in Galatians, chapter 3, verse 28, it says there are no longer, there's no longer slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. We do have different social standing. We are male or female. We are from different places. And yet the thing that unites us, the thing that we share is in Christ. So anything that we learn should bring us together in Christ. It should unify us in Christ. Yes, we might have differences on secondary or or tertiary issues, but primarily we want to be united in Christ. That a church should really be a place where we show the love and the unity that we have in Christ. It is to say that we should really be a community of peace in a world that is so often at war. We have to display the unity that we share in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what Paul is commending Philemon in and how he is living his life. And thirdly, Paul is encouraged by Philemon as he refreshes the hearts of God's people. Verse 7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. The interesting thing is that it's not um, it's not what Paul is doing that is giving joy, but it's actually what Philemon is doing and what Paul is seeing through that, that he is encouraged by it, that he experiences joy because he sees Philemon serving in such a way that it brings joy to Paul's heart. Isn't that a wonderful picture of love and encouragement? Recently, being part of the church here, it has, it, my, my role here is a, a real privilege at moments to have a front row seat to see what God is doing in people's lives. And God is doing great things in people's lives. Just previous to the lockdown, I saw that uh, there was a, a new person coming to church and there was someone that said, oh, we've just invited them for lunch that we might be able to share a meal together. And you could see the encouragement that, that was to this new guest coming in. What an encouragement that is to me and others who see that. And then maybe you hear of uh, other things where people text one another and just say, you know, thank you for that prayer. I was so thankful for that and the encouragement that that was and how that encourages others as they hear about that as well. And other episodes of of people going out, uh, visiting uh, an elderly lady and then just praying with them. And then she was just so thankful that God had brought her a friend. Those little moments are so precious Because they are such an encouragement, not only to the people that are in it, but the people that hear about it, the people that experience it, the people that are part of it. That is such a joy to be part of that, to really be a refreshment to those who are weary. And I'm sure many of us are weary at this time. But it is such an encouragement, such a joy to hear of people that are refreshing the hearts of others. The challenge, however is really that we don't love all people as we should. The really difficult part is that we want to do these wonderful things. We want to encourage other people. We want to be a joy to others. But often, often we don't. If you're on Facebook these days, they even have a slight distinction between liking and loving, between like and love. 
Because in our minds and in our hearts, that's probably true, isn't it? That there's a distinction between like and love. Maybe you see that in relationships. Certainly, I've experienced that in a relationship. I remember many years ago, um, initially getting to know an Italian girl, and she asked me uh, a question which children you don't ask in Britain, which is, Colin, how much money do you make? And uh, I said to her, I, I told her how much money I made, to which she said, oh, that little? And I'll be honest, I was a little taken aback because ultimately she was looking to me for what I could give her. She didn't love me for who I was, but she loved me for what she could get from me. Sometimes that can be the case with the boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic, but then when you get into the marriage, when you're in a covenantal relationship in marriage, then there is an aspect, there's a big aspect of unconditional love. That we are called to love people in that, in that union in marriage. Not because that we are lovely. In fact, we realize that we're not. But because of the, the promise and the covenant that we've made with one another. It's true also in church membership, really. As we think about uh, church members, we are thinking about loving one another in that covenantal way. Really being able to love unconditionally all people whatever background they're from, that we are committed to them in a covenantal way. That's really what a member of a church is. And so as we think about that, what real love is, is this. Real love loves all people. No excuse, without any um, difference in background. As we think about all God's people, we are called to love them all, because real love loves all people. It makes me think really of uh, an experience I had many years ago, uh, just seeing that lived out in, a, in, a, in the life of a really godly man who was uh, meeting with someone from his church, and he was opening the church. I remember him saying, just as he turned the, put the key in the door and turned the lock, and before he pushed it open, he just said a brief prayer, Lord, help me to love this man as you have loved me. And pushed the door open and then met with him. And to me, that was a great encouragement because it showed this element of unconditional love, real love. It's very difficult. In fact, it's impossible to naturally love someone that, that doesn't treat you well. But that's what the gospel does. It should change our hearts that we might love people the way Christ loves us. And so what is Jesus saying to, to us this morning? Well, really, there are three elements. You know, are we loving all people? Are we loving all people as we should? Are we, are we growing in our understanding in our Lord Jesus and growing in what we share in Christ? Yes, we will have differences in some things, but growing in what we share in our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be an encouragement to others. And then that does lead to being a refreshing encouragement to others, that we might be a real joy to other people, that as we encourage those people, that others hear of it and are encouraged by it. And that's a wonderful picture of the love of God lived out in our lives, isn't it? So what is really, what is Jesus saying to you this morning? How might we or you respond to this? Well, the, the, the reason, <clears throat> there's a couple of questions. How, how would we gauge our love towards others? 
How can you be a source of joy to others this week? So firstly, if you think about your temperature, temperature check of how you love other people, those people close to you, especially in the family of God, how would you gauge your love towards others? And then secondly, how can you be a source of joy to others this week? How might you be an encouragement? How might you be a refreshment to those uh, even today? Maybe as we think about uh, some of us will be speaking on Zoom straight after this just to meet with people in the church. How might we share uh, what God's been doing in my heart? That might be a question. What has God been doing on my heart? What's God been doing in your heart? Let's encourage one another in the Lord and then pray for one another in that. Maybe this afternoon you have the opportunity to, to walk with someone and do that as well. What's been, what's God been doing in my heart? What's God been doing in your heart? How can we encourage one another in the Lord that we might be refreshed as well? Because as Nathan spoke about just earlier there, why should we say yes to this? What would be our motivation, our heart motivation to do so? And it does come from John 15, verse 12 and 13 to display this real love. As Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That is, we are to live out the gospel as Jesus Christ has laid down his life for us. That he has taken the full wrath of God upon himself on the cross. That we might receive forgiveness. That we might be children of God. That we might be loved by him. And that that would overflow into the lives of others. That we might pursue one another in love. That we might encourage one another in the Lord this this week. As we think about what Jesus has done. As we meditate on his love for us. And truly, we want to be this refreshment, don't we? We want to be a refreshment to other people. Um, it reminds me just of, of things which people ask you, what do you, uh, what do you like to eat? Um, and there's two things which I don't like. One is mushy peas, and the other one is baked beans. Don't like those. But the one that I do like, which might surprise you, is salad. I quite like salad. And on salad, what you often put, if you're quite European posh is balsamic vinegar and so you put balsamic vinegar and normally olive oil on a salad maybe it's my time in Italy that that's what you do but balsamic vinegar is something that you put on a salad to make it taste really good the thing with balsamic vinegar is though you would never drink balsamic vinegar by itself because it is so acidic that it would just it would rot you it was just horrible horrible stuff to drink by itself And that's the challenge, isn't it? That in our lives, often we're a bit like balsamic vinegar. That we speak out of our hearts, which are sinful and dark and acidic to other people. Instead of being a refreshment, we're actually, it's like we're drinking balsamic vinegar and giving it to other people to drink. And friends, we need to, we need to repent of those, those moments, those times in which we're like that. We're like dark, sinful, acidic, sauce to other people and then hand it to them to drink some of that as well. Oh, friends, we, we can't do that. We have, to, we have to turn away from being that and we must be like a refreshing cool glass of water on a hot day. That we might be a refreshment to the hearts of the Lord's people. That we might be an encouragement to them as we repent and turn away from all the false things that we've been thinking, from all the things that we've been believing. 
and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, receive his love, that that might overflow into the lives of others, and that they might see that love and be encouraged at the joy of, of what Jesus is doing in our lives. It is difficult. It is difficult. But the Lord, by his Spirit, can change us, that we might be like a cool glass of cold water to be a refreshment to one another. So let's encourage one another to do that this week. Maybe, maybe there's a couple of questions there just as you think about it. Um, just as we think through uh, what our response could be to that. As we think through uh, trying to be uh, really gauging our temperature with one another. Do we love one another as we should? Do we love one another as we should? And friends, that is a moment where actually we, we come to God and, and we repent and we confess our sins, don't we? And secondly, how can you be a source of joy to others this week? That they might be a refreshment. That they might be refreshed in this weary time. How can you be a refreshment to them? Just sharing what God's doing in your heart, asking them what God's doing in theirs, and praying for one another. I'm sure you can do that. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to leave these two questions on the board. I'm going to leave it for two or three minutes to let you pray at home to respond to that. And then we'll we'll have our, our last song. So let me pray, and then I'll leave it open for two or three minutes. And Father God, we thank you for your love, your love poured out to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might no longer be acidic to others, acidic towards you, but that we might have our hearts refreshed by your love, that we might be a refreshment to others. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us in that, help us to to know your love for us in our hearts, not just in our heads, and be changed by it. Help us, Lord, to repent of those moments where we have not been loving to others. Help us to, to trust you and to be an encouragement to others as you shape our hearts with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope your hearts have been refreshed uh, this morning uh, from our time together, both as we've uh, understood more of God's love for us, and as we've also given thanks to those who've shown that love to us through, through giving their lives for us. Uh, There's a chance now to encourage one another as we meet on Zoom and later on this evening as we meet together to pray. So do please take advantage of those opportunities to love all of God's people. But as we go into the week ahead, let me pray um, with a close with a prayer from Ephesians 3. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.